Hello and welcome to the Creators Podcast, where we explore ideas around creativity, curiosity and intuition. I'm the host Elise, and on this podcast I'll be talking to a range of artists, both emerging and established, about their own journey with creativity. Today I have with me Anna Price, a former interior designer and now full-time artist whose works are bold, colourful and full of character. Anna, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's funny that we were having um, such difficulties getting on board, but it's technology that's allowed us to be even able to talk in the first place. I know. (laughs) There's always teething problems. These things never come without a problem, right? But we got through it. So what's happening, Elise? I've just come up to Byron for a bit of travels and it's nice that I'm able to still do the podcast kind of on on the move and on the road. And that's why I'm very grateful that I can still talk to you despite being so far away and a shaker at your age having your own potty very impressive i must say it's very scary i'm not gonna very very scary scary. (laughs) we've just got to jump in right what's stopping you absolutely nothing and i guess that's why i've done it yep and and technology is what's made it so easy you know that there's an app and that's what's so cool because we all have voices we all have things we want to share and now now we can yeah it's just it's such good opportunity isn't it God, mm. I wish um, this kind of thing was around when I was your age. I think as well, though, with how easy it is, that's also quite a hard thing for us who are a bit younger is there's actually a freedom to do so much that it's overwhelming. Like we yeah, could right. like start the our own oyster, website. The, the mm. oyster is just so big. You can yeah. do anything. It's like, oh, my God, I need some boundaries. I need some parameters. Yeah, um, e- exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. actually quite scary. Like I can do a podcast, I can do a website, I can do marketing things online. Like I can do so much that it's almost overwhelming. It's not, oh, no, you can't do this and can't do that, so stick with this one. It's like, yep, there's too I, much to choose yeah. from. You don't, yeah, you need some guidance. I guess that comes down to trial and error. You figure out what works and what doesn't and then just like mm. find your path. You can't plan at mm. all. I think the best things happen when you don't plan, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know which is kind of like where I'm at at the moment. This was never part of the plan. But just being open to it. Mm. Yes. I've never, I've actually never been a painter. I've always been an illustrator when I was younger. Like I was always drawing stuff. I used to draw floor plans Mm -hmm. and houses when I was like really young. Um, And I used to fall asleep drawing. Like I was always drawing. And I see my kids do that now. As soon as they get home, they're just drawing, 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 all four of them. But um, I never painted. So it's been a bit of a career switch for me. Yeah, and you can t- can you tell me a little bit more about how that progressed? Like what kind of events happened? Sure. So I, as you said, I'm an interior designer um, mm-hmm. by trade, as they say. Um, <laughs> so I did a I went to UTS um, University of Technology Sydney and studied interior design, and um, I did an exchange in Canada. And when I was over there, I popped over to New York and I saw, went to a design museum and someone had um, taken a 20-foot shipping container and repurposed it as a um, disaster relief unit. And I'm like, that's so cool. I just thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Mm. And so I had to write a 10,000-word dissertation to finish my uni. Um, and then I graduated. I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm going to go and work with the, the people who design um, shipping containers and repurpose them so I went to look for work and I'm like oh wait a minute no one is doing this it's not happening so mm. I had no work experience so I didn't want to just start my own thing because I was little um, 
So I bought a plane ticket and I went overseas to meet up with all the people who I'd researched in my dissertation and got some work experience um, and met them and just did some research, converting containers over there. And then I came back here and had a few different jobs. I ended up working with a company that built like containers in China and like massive student accommodation centers and things like that. But Mm -hmm. then started my own little business called Container Kit in 2012. And so that was focusing on just doing the smaller bespoke one-off jobs, which was not just containers, but um, but most of the containers were like container cafes and then pop-up shops. So that was pretty fun. And that business was started the year that I fell pregnant with my first Mm-hmm. which was a battle in itself. So I went from yeah. I couldn't have kids. So then we went down the IVF route and lo and behold, four <laughs> years later, I've got four kids. So, no. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> so things escalated pretty quickly there. So I was running this business of my own, um, working through all my mat leaves and I finally had to stop when I, my third pregnancy was twins. So <laughs> when they came along, my eldest was four. My son wasn't even two yet. And so I'm like, all right, I don't think I'm going to be able to work through this mat leave. And funnily enough, it was actually the most enjoyable mat leave I'd had. I had four kids at home under four. I was fully focused on them and I wasn't trying to do work during nap times and stuff. So finally it was time to go back to work and I you know there's only so much you can do with two days I couldn't take on big projects and I we had been renovating our house during that time um so I did a painting for it and because we couldn't afford to to buy art um at that point after we blew all the money on the reno (laughs) um and so I did a painting and then kindy fundraiser was happening and they called out for auction items I'm like oh, screw it I'll just donate this one and it sold for $800 on the night I'm like whoa wow. that's awesome maybe I should do this again so I did again um, like finding in between my design jobs I was finding time to paint so I thought it was so relaxing and then someone else wanted to buy that and someone else wanted to buy that and then COVID came along and all my design work dried up so which was great because mm. I was like, oh, I think I need a break from this anyway. And so any time I did have, when I wasn't with the little ones, I was just painting and started to grow the Instagram account and one thing led to another. And then, you know, COVID kind of, it's not gone, but it, things are semi back to normal. But I've now ditched all the design work and um, full-time painting, Um which, yeah, this was just me doing something that I enjoyed doing and just seeing where it went. I had no expectations. I'm just going with the flow of each day. And um, I think mm. I said to this to you last week, I um, I went for a walk one day and I came back with a studio. Um, There's this space just around the corner from my house. I've always walked past it with the pram and I was like, oh, it's so cool. Why, you know, someone had set it up just this really cool space with big south-facing windows and a deck out the front. And the building had just been leased and um, I just knocked on the door upstairs. I said, is anyone using that studio? And they said, I could have it. So I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> Mine. Um, I did, didn't, yeah, I didn't put any thought into it. I didn't plan it. I just did it. I just went with it and thought this could be a complete failure. But, um, I'm, you know, it feels right. I just followed my gut. Mm. December, so I opened up in Feb and haven't looked back. So, um 
but for now it's just painting and I'm I've all set up here with all my canvas I can make a massive mess um I've got plywood everywhere so it's just all splattered in paint now and (laughs) um it's been a really nice escape and um you know a bit more exposure as well from people walking past and driving past and everything so yeah that's where Mm. I'm at at the moment that takes me to current day amazing amazing and I think it's really cool as well like in that period of when you are just starting to get into something it's not it's not all business related like maybe there isn't much of a plan maybe you don't have those expectations it's like it's okay I can play around like I can just Go down and buy yeah, some materials the and play. The pressure is off. The pressure yeah. is so off. With my container business, I thought as soon as we finish having my kids, then I'm going to grow it and I'm going to do this and I'm going to set up a manufacturing side and had all these ambitions and hopes and never really quite knew how to put that into action. And then all of a sudden this side thing has happened and I'm like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. It wasn't mm. planned, but what I thought that I was supposed to do is not happening and that's okay. Mm. Um, you know, I've kind of pivoted a, a little bit just you know if it's that difficult and it hasn't happened it probably shouldn't happen um so I'm just going with what feels right at the moment and I'm having a wonderful time doing it yeah amazing yeah and I feel like I'm at that I'm at that stage where my art isn't for a business I mean maybe eventually it will go that way and I really don't know where it will go but I'm just in that really fun period of yeah I'm just gonna go down to Bunnings buy all this wood do whatever I really feel like it's not to make yep. a sale it's not you know what I just want to do and yeah. that's beautiful to do and that's how you make good art as well mm. once you start doing commissions that's when the wheels fall off because people commissions are really tricky you'll ask most artists about this I don't know if you've done any yet but um usually they have like one or two paintings with a weird color palette in their head so they love your art but I like this one and this one with the colours from this one. So they're like mashing up three paintings and it's like you start painting to a brief. You're not painting from like your own intuition and a creative place. You start painting from, oh, crap, I've got to do this and they don't like this and they don't want this Mm. and that has to match this and it shows in the work. And once you get up to revision five, I've had to say to a few people, look, this might not be, I might not be the right person for you in the end. But the best way to paint is, as you said, just like, Yep, there's, you've got no inhibitions, you've got no constraints or parameters, you just go for it and that's when the best stuff comes out. Um, sometimes when I've had the commissions go wrong and I've had to say, look, it's not working, the best art comes out when I finally got rid of the commission and then I get really expressive on the canvas and go over whatever I've done and it's like, oh, yeah. there it is. There's, yeah. there's your good stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's funny. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in that sticky situation. I guess with, with commissions, I find that they actually are quite draining. Like I almost don't yeah. want to do it. I'm really scared. Oh, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, uh, I find it really hard to even, even put prices on it. Like, or what happens if they don't think it's what, what I say it's worth? And then so I'll undersell. And then that in itself is like, yeah. well, now I'm almost working, you know, a loss. In nothing. Yep. It's so and, and it's it? already daunting because it's not purely my expression. It's I'm, I'm trying to feel, yep. you know, the idea that someone's already got in their head and maybe that's not my style and maybe that's not my thing. And it, it's yeah. really, it's really interesting. I think you're really lucky if you can do work and then people buy it rather than. Oh, that would be the ideal. Yeah. But at the end of the day, commissions are paying my bills. So it's yeah. hard to find the balance because it's not that easy to just, I'm going to do whatever I feel like today. I feel like painting a rainbow and that, 
you know, yeah. be able to fuel you. Like it, it is yeah. business, you know, it does need to be able to support a family and a home and, and whatnot. Yeah. Totally. And it's such a tricky line to be going on. You know, do I do purely commission-based and things that are selling and uh, maybe don't love doing or do what I love doing and, and not know whether people will love it back or if there's like a, a financial support behind that? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, also the scary stuff, putting your work out there and worrying, worrying if people like it or not. Um, mm. And I got to the point where it's like, well, people are going to love it. And also, people are going to hate it, and that's mm-hmm. okay. It doesn't matter because, you know, it doesn't matter how big your audience is. Not all of them are going to, going to want to buy your artwork. Um, and it's not that easy to sell art, um, whether it's with a stockist or in like it doesn't sell right away. Some pieces do, but most of the time they sit there for a few months and then the right person comes along and buys them. Um, but you know, I look at other people's art and some of it I love and some of it I'm like, mm, probably wouldn't buy that, but I appreciate what they've done. And you've got to apply the same theory to your own stuff. It's like, it's not going to be for everyone. Mm. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not good. As long as you like your stuff and you're happy and confident with it, you've got to be like, try not to give any fucks if people don't yeah. like your work because it doesn't matter. You can't please everyone. Yeah. Ended up with a whole bunch of different styles. So, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I can't sit still and I can't stick to one, um, style of work. Um, and I mm-hmm. had this conversation with you last week about trying to find your style. And I've battled with that for a long time. Um, because I'd have this really rigid, like Cuba style. Then I'd have a really messy, expressive style. Then like a floral style. And I'm like, Oh, see other artists. They've got their, you know, you can always tell it's their work. And I felt like I didn't have that. Mm. And then I put some of my artworks together. Even the different styles, I kind of, I realized that they were all like reading together, mm. whether that be color palettes or something. I think you said something similar with your work. You, you felt a bit lost and you did see your body of work and were like, Oh, maybe I'm, I need to give myself a bit of a break mm. in terms of not having a style. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, and you probably don't realize because like, well, it's so different. And then you have someone else be like, no, no, I, I see whenever you do like a painting, I see your style you, within you know it, no matter what I mine. do. Yeah. Yeah. Or one of yours. Yeah. So I, I guess over time it develops, it's trial and error with color as well and patterns and composition. I've been trying really hard on composition because, and color because I see all my paints and they're so pretty. I'm like, I want to use all of them. Mm-hmm. I have no control and then I just put them on and they don't look great together. So I've been trying. Why I started my colour study paintings is because I wanted to figure out, like group certain colours together and see what looks good together. But I still mm-hmm. battle with those. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I need to spend – I don't have any art education. That's my problem. Um, but that's what's what, so beautiful is that you get to try it out yourself. And that's what I found even with photography. I'm like, I don't, you know, don't know anything about photography, but my camera actually came broken and my auto yeah. didn't work. And so I've just naturally learned manual and would never go to auto. Oh. And it's just like, I actually really appreciate that. And that's the same with art. I, I haven't really formally been taught. Like I study like one of my units at uni is art, but otherwise I haven't really been taught. And so it's me just sitting down and practicing like, Okay, what happens if, yeah, what happens if I mix these colors? What happens if I apply it in this way? And just sometimes like I, um, in year 12, I changed schools and did, um, art, like an art elective there. And I literally sat down and was like, okay, can you teach me how to shade? I, I don't know how to draw. And he's like, well, no, but you can sit in front of this object 
and shade it yourself and you'll learn. And I was like, oh, damn it. Like this teaches me. I just want to be able to draw. I just want to know how to shade. I just want to know the fundamentals. And that's actually probably the most key thing that he just said, you know, to sit down and practice because I would do that. Yeah. I'd say, you know, put a lemon and every day I would draw it and shade it. And I've learned myself those things and I know it in so much depth now through that trial and error. And I think that's something that you don't necessarily get that intimate kind of feeling of, damn it, that doesn't work, but this does. And if I try this, this alters it in this way. You don't quite get that experimental hands-on when you learn just theory. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it gives you more of a license to just figure it out. It probably takes longer to get there. Oh, absolutely. um, You're you're also not, um, you know, not trying to stay in your lane. You're happy to like move out of your lane a bit and try what's not so comfortable and not, not following the rules the whole time. So it's good and bad. But then sometimes I just feel like, oh, I need a bit of, even, even if it's not education, just a bit of mentorship from someone. Um, Mm. so. I find it, I've got a few people that I call on that, you know, other artists that I've met um, along the way or the people who frame my work that have experience with galleries and, you know, it's, there's people out there that um, are always willing to help. And I found that the, mm. um, the Instagram community has been quite amazing as well. Um, you reach out and you'll be surprised to see how many people know give you a phone call or help you out or give you some advice based on whatever it is you're doing so Mm. that's been really nice as well have you found that as well I've I've been blown away I've genuinely been blown away by by community in in entry senses even so for the podcast um yeah I had I had this like kind of idea I really want to do a podcast I want to help you know emerging artists and and build a community and and talk about these struggles because they seem so common between us but we don't seem to kind of share that and so, yeah, just reached out with people, scared as anything. And the yeah. amount of, like, I, I just can't believe how receptive everyone's been. Like, yeah, just give yeah. me a call. Yep. No, like, exactly. I would absolutely love to. Blown away. Because at the end of the day, people like helping people. But ones like you that get on the phone as well, it's not just easy. It's easy to hide behind text and it's convenient to just message and that's fine too. But I've been really surprised by people who have just picked up the phone or come and visited me and it's like, wow. Like that doesn't happen anymore. No. Um, so it, yeah, it's really good. And um, mm. the, all the questions I have, I've got no idea what I'm doing one day. I just ask, I find someone to ask and I'm usually led in the right direction. So that's been very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And community in the sense as well, like I am still an emerging artist. You know, I haven't had my own exhibitions and things like that. I've had, you know, commissions and, and group exhibitions, but nothing, yep. nothing huge. So I, you know, I question whether I'm an artist or not at times. Um, Imposter syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but just going from a place of, you know, in, you know, from like year 12 and, you know, always being told, you know, uni and what career are you going to do? And me being yep. a little bit like, nah, you know, going against that and be like, I'm, I'm going to try art. I'm going to really yep. just give it a crack and see where it goes. It's daunting. And within, it's within scary. naysayers where people saying, oh, that's not really a career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's for them to say that. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. a lot, a lot of, I think it comes from a place that they really care. They're like, you no, know, I don't want, I don't want you running to me crying, being like, I've got no job and I'm financially unstable and I, you know, can't afford where I'm staying like I think they're coming from a place of you know I want you to have some security and if you know you can get into full-time work then that was going to help you when you won't have those struggles but it is definitely hard to kind of be hearing that all the time and so when I did start branching out to artists and I just fell 
love with this community of people who support and you know, it's possible yeah. and just learning so much from everyone around me. It feels so doable. Like I absolutely love what I'm doing and I don't know yeah. where I'm going, but I have, I have faith. Good. That it's going to go somewhere right. And I think that's purely because of the community and the artists I surround myself with. And if you really want to be doing it, you'll be doing it around the clock at all hours or whatever. So if you have to get a job at a pub or wherever to make some cash on the side to pay for all your supplies, you can do both of them with no issue, I think. If you're passionate about something, you'll just do anything to make it happen. And working around the clock is not a chore because it's exactly what you want to be doing. Mm. Um, I can't sit still. Like I get home, I can't, I cannot switch off and I dream about these amazing artworks, but then I can never do them. Like you know, I can't ever dream I had onto the page and it haunts me all day, but then I'm there at nighttime sitting in front of the TV with the iPad, drawing stuff on Procreate, you know, coming up with ideas for the next week and um, constantly experimenting. So I'm always switched on, always mm. going. Only because I want to be, not because it's like, oh, God, I've got to do this. I always want to do it, so that's good. And it's a good job to have if it's something that you love doing and you're busting to get to your work day. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good thing, I think. Yeah, and I think that just comes with being a creative. Like, you see everything so differently. Like, I, you know, yeah. anytime I'm out and about, I'm like, oh, like, you know, that's an idea. I love those colours. Yeah. Like, the trees are so vibrant. You see differently. You see there's so much, like, it's so enhanced. And you just have so many ideas and, and it can be overwhelming and it can be a bit inconvenient at times, but it's so cool that we have such an interactive kind of world. Like we, we can't switch off. We always see ideas and color combinations and, and things and like that ticking as hard as it can be to feel so like go, go, go and, and scattered sometimes. We, I feel like we have such a heightened perception of the world or the way we interact with it is so much more involved. I, um, I've been sprung chasing people up the street with my iphone like making sure they can't see me but that if someone's been wearing something really beautiful and colorful i've been like running after this lady to try and get a photo of a jacket before (laughs) before she goes out of my view so i can get the inspiration and keep it on my phone and then paint it later the iphone's been good for that hey as well because you can capture all those things that inspire you and then have like a little catalog going for what you want to paint next Mm. Mm, and procreate's really good for that as well. Oh, the best. <laughs> yep. Um, I discovered it through um another artist, Rach Jackson. She posted one night she was making tea towels on the iPad on Procreate. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is this Procreate thing? And I didn't have an iPad, but I went out and bought one the next day. Dropped seven hundred dollars plus a plus an Apple pen. Just <laughs> just because I'm like that that is what I need. Like that. I can do, I can plan stuff now. I can do it on the iPad. I can change colors and I find it really helpful that if I'm stuck on a painting, I, um, I take a photo of it and then I run it through Procreate and I start making the color changes there, which has saved me so much money in paint because, mm. um, I've invested in all the Matisse paint and some of those pots are like 60 bucks. Um, they're not, they're not cheap. When I do my artworks, which are not planned and I start throwing color on top of color on top of color. There's layers and layers and layers of materials under there <laughs> that are being wasted. So, yeah, before just having a go at it on the canvas, I, I figure it out on, on the iPad first and then, and then I can keep going. So mm. it's been a really useful tool to have, I find. Um, yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, and that's I did that with um, a painting I did last night. I was like, oh, I really don't know if I want to run these like lines over the top because it was I was just piling yeah, paint with that- some colors, and it's just it's nice to be able to conceptualize it and see it before you then yeah put exactly put before the you paint in. Yep, exactly. Because mm. sometimes you then you think it's a great idea, and then you put the paint on, you're like, oh, I just broke it. <laughs> I just <laughs> ruined it. What have I done? And then you have to wait for it to dry. Then you can paint over it again, and you can always see the black line underneath. Um, so yeah, it's a good, yeah. you've got to have the right tools to keep you moving forward, I think. Mm. And I think this has kind of reminded me of your Lego series. Do you mind running me through how that kind of came about? Oh yeah, that was like a week or two ago, I think. Um, I, so I was having trouble with composition. Um, mm-hmm. and I spoke to, there's another artist called Jane Thompson, who's amazing. Um, she's beautiful abstract artist and I'm like what do I do and she she was doing a course at that time um and they said they had got them into collage like doing a lot of pre-planning with collage cutting out magazines and stuff and so I was doing a bit of that bits of cut up paper around the pages and then I'm like oh, I don't know sick of cutting <laughs> it's not really working for me and then I was playing Lego with my colors and not like they were back in the day they're so beautiful Mm. Um, and I just, they were building stuff and I had all, I just pulled out all the colors I liked and I started arranging them and I'm like, Oh, this is what I'm talking about. This is mm. like, you can still get all your white bits and your blue bits and your turquoise bits. And like, you know, it was really useful tool to kind of scatter them around on a piece of paper and see where it went and ended up putting that through Procreate and turning it into a Procreate painting and I painted it and it was really helpful because I've never planned like that before. I've never done the collage thing. I've never pre-planned. I just see a white canvas and I just start painting and see where it goes and it often goes into a world of frustration because it looks shit Mm -hmm. because I haven't put enough thought into the composition. So this allows me to at least have, this is where I want it to end. This gives me an idea. When I start painting, I might change the goalpost a little bit, but at least I have something to keep going back to, to refer back to, to make sure that my composition is going to be correct. So, and yeah, it means that I can paint faster because I'm not figuring out so much on the fly. So yeah, it's mm. been really good. And people, I had a really good response to the Lego stuff. Um, probably because of the colors. They're so beautiful and bright. And I just, was just trying to emulate the same color palette as what the Lego was telling me to do. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely be using that as a tool moving forward. Mm, that's so cool. That's what I've kind of learned through, um, uni as well, which is something that I guess I would never have thought of, but having that diversity between the real world and and technology and going back between them like I'll do a drawing of something and then I'll take a photo of it and then I'll yeah. edit it on the iPad and then I'll paint what I've edited and then I'll I'll sculpt it and then I'll paint on the sculpture yeah. and then do a painting of that and it's so much fun a huge evolution isn't it of one mm. idea that goes into one thing and another thing and yeah no it's awesome um so yeah trying really hard to use things around me to help me make better paintings I guess and yeah, and I still feel that I battle with color a lot. I see, I'm constantly comparing, as we all do, comparing mm-hmm. myself to other people and other people's palettes. And some people just get them so right every time. And I just, it, I just doesn't come naturally to me that there's a lot of color in my work, but I just don't, I've got this inability to pair it back. I always feel like everything gets so busy so quickly and I can't pair it back. And I think 
a lot of people probably look at my work and like, whoa, there's so much going on. And then I try the really minimalist pieces and people are like, oh, there's not enough detail in it. It's like, oh, who's going to be happy? When are you going to mm. be happy? So <laughs> such a fine line. Yeah, such a fine line. But yeah. I love that you still do go ahead with it. You're, you're scared and, you you know, you feel like you don't know the colour. I, I yeah. absolutely love your work, so I do completely disagree. Oh, thank you. But the fact that you're still going to, I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be bold and I'm still going to go for it and maybe they're not going to work and maybe yeah. it will take a couple of paintings but I'm not going to give up. Yeah, I love exactly. that. You're not like, you're not just completely going, you know, grayscale and, and toning it down because, like, oh, that's no. less scary. You're still going and you're still in that space of this is, daunting but I'm doing it anyway yeah you just got to keep trying trying stuff and trial and error and error and error and trial and error oh yeah so with the first two I was it was so stressful I thought um, I think a lot of people that have their own businesses go through this Um, I think if I don't keep working then when I'm ready to go back to work there's not going to be any work left for me and I won't have any work and I don't know what's going to happen and the world's going to end um that never happens because if you want work you go out and get work there's all you put the word out there you put put the word out into the universe you get work it has always happened but I've always had the fear that it wouldn't and so I wasn't able to enjoy the first two mat leaves because I worked too much and I had that fear and that worry and you know trying to work when the kids were sleeping trying to work in the daycare days then the kids would get sick and they'd be home and I'd have deadlines and I'd be up all night and then they'd be up all night and it was just shit. Um, so I think that if my third had been one baby, I probably would have done the same thing. But mm. having two um, and just having the four under four thing, it was just like I can't do this and it was the best thing ever um, mm. because the other thing is like, you know, this is what, a year out of my whole life? Uh, they're only going to be this little one. Let's enjoy it. And it took me a few years to figure that out. And I see my friends still doing making the same mistakes I made and they're like, oh, shut up. But I'm like, no, you've got to stop working. Take your mat leave. Just do it for seven months. Like I know it gets boring sometimes, but just enjoy it because they need your mind to be on them. My head was half in my design work and half focused on them. So when I was designing, I was thinking about the kids. And when I was with the kids, I was thinking about my design work and it's just, it's not the greatest place to be. So mm. um, if I had my time again, I would have taken a proper mat leave between each kid. But I had only just started my business, so I wanted to, like, really keep it pumping and keep it going. So, um, you know, it's just what happens when you run your own biz. But it was, yeah, sometimes you just need to be forced to slow down and having twins definitely forced me into doing that and it was mm. a really good thing. So it's okay to stop and pick up again later like that you know you're not going to lose all credibility and all traction you're just going to slow down for a bit and when you want to pick it up you put it out there and it just happens again so it just took me a few a few years to learn how to do that yeah and it took me a few years to learn how to say no to stuff like mm. I would just say yes to everything because if I don't say yes then I'm going to miss the next <laughs> opportunity and I wouldn't want to say no and the job sucks but I would do it and hate it and it's like, what's the point of this? Like, this is taking me away from my kids and I'm doing it, but I hate it and the pay's not even that good. And, you know, it's it's the most stupid way of thinking. Once you figure out your no button, like, it, it's awesome. Mm, yeah, like, I, I love that I can be so productive. Like, I am someone who can get up early and really, like, smash things out, but I, I struggle to slow down as well. And I almost need an excuse to slow down. Like, I like hanging yeah. out with friends because I'm like, ah. Oh, 
Like it's okay to just relax because that's what we're doing because I can't do yeah. that myself. Like I can watch movies with friends, but I can't myself because I'm so driven and so productive. And I think COVID was what it took for me. I guess it was for you like having twins yeah. to actually just slow down and like yeah. have to be so much. Into it. Yeah. And so much will come up and like productivity can be a way or just being busy as, as much as I love everything I do it. I guess it can be a way of, of distracting myself from that. When you slow down, yeah. you're really just forced to kind of sit and slow down and, and take it slow. But also as well, you get to really analyze where you are going. And I think that would have been yeah. really helpful for you to have, you know, having the kids, all right, where do I want to go? Is this the work yeah. I want to keep pursuing? And a lot of people that I've spoken to had that during COVID, which is kind of a, yeah. a, a beautiful thing. Because we're, we're so switched on all the time, even mm. when we're sitting down and slowing down in the day, the phones are out. When you're on the bus, the phones are out. When you're walking somewhere, the phone's out. And it's I find that the phone is like the, you know, it helps us so much, but it's also the root of all evil yeah. <laughs> in our lives and problems because mm-hmm. we're so switched towards it. We're answering DMs and we're answering messages and the email comes in and then you respond to the messages and you get all the messages back and you respond to them and it's never... Um, I find it really hard to give myself a break from the phone, um, but it's not that easy. And I think that is, that causes a lot of anxiety and stress in people. Um, that's why we sometimes can't sit still because we feel like we have to be accountable to something somewhere, but we don't even know what that is. It's just the freaking iPhone, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, and I also mm-hmm. feel like there's a lot of like personal development stuff in the back of my because I have kind of taken that route as well and I, I have mm. learned so much which is phenomenal but just having that you know you've got to be doing something you've got to have a side hustle you've got to be working on something you know you miss all the opportunities you don't take and so I'll be saying yes to everything yeah, I'll be so don't. burnt out no don't do it you get burnt out and you'll end up like halfway through your 20s or late 20s just like a frazzled old mess <laughs> like I was I hit 28 I think and I was like what's happening to my life I was so tired. I was just so, you know, saying yes to everything, working too much, going out too much. It was just like all too much. And I, it took about a year, but I just learned how to say no to stuff. And it was just like, oh, with each no, I was like physically and mentally just getting better and like giving myself time to rest and relax and just stop. It's so important to stop and give yourself time to recuperate. Um yeah, just little moments of reflection, not with the phone, not with the screen, just to sit and think about stuff properly without having the aid of Google or Instagram or whatever it is, you know, mm. um, mind and body. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, like, I love everything I say yes to. It's not that I feel obliged, like I've learned to say That's no good. to those things, but it's also as well I, need to, I still need to say no to things even if I do like them or want to do them and I want to travel every country and I want to do all these different things it's like yeah I also need to say no to some things to allow more time and concentration and focus to the things I really do love exactly you can't do it all at once Mm. people like to think we can but we can't (laughs) we can do it all but just not all at the same time Mm. you know so there's room for everything and everyone we just have to do it in the right way just have some good balance I think um yeah, but no, balance no is, is huge. My, yeah, no is my favorite word now. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> learning that one. <laughs> yeah, no, give it, give it some time. Practice honing your, honing on your no skills. So important, so important. And it's yeah. something that I have, I really have been working on, and I've been absolutely loving it. It means that I've got the time to do what I really want to do. And even if it, I am quiet because I've said no to things like that, 
that quiet time I do get is just so powerful. But it's it's so powerful to say no in in a world yeah. where we almost feel obliged to be saying yes and doing things and you know miss you're missing opportunities yeah. if you don't take it and 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 stuff. It's it's really really yeah. fundamental to know your boundaries and say no to open and get, up space get for what you want. FOMO. I think it's also the FOMO oh my and the God. comparing of um comparing of ourselves to other people or whatever's going on, whatever industry you're in. Um, you know, that's that can be a real downer, but I think you've just got to recognise when you're in a doubtful, if they shut up, like, you know, like, I'm not bad, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, they're doing this, they're doing that, but what I'm doing is all right as well. Um, take inspiration from it and just move on instead of saying, oh, it's not good enough or people aren't going to like it. Ooh. You know, it's a self-doubt that creeps in. We all have it, especially artists have it a lot. Um, when you know something's good, you know it's good. When you know it's bad, just let it go, sit with it, move on to something else and, um, and figure it out, figure out how to make it better. It's a problem you have to solve. It's not, you know, oh, this is all crap. I'm useless. This is rubbish. I'm going to hell, whatever. And I think tapping back onto social media as well, what's so hard and like about that FOMO is that we're finding out about things that we wouldn't naturally, like without phones we wouldn't know what people are going up to and we can see absolutely everything now across yeah. so many people. I mean, naturally we'd see, you know, one person at a time and you'll find out what they've been up to, but we're seeing, you know, hundreds of people all at the same time doing things and you can't all help but, yeah, yeah. feel like well, should I Should I be out. doing that? What am I doing wrong? What are they doing wrong? What are you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. So mm. that's um, where you've got to try and learn as well, as I said before, how to not give too many fucks about it because, you know, they're doing their thing and the Instagram is like, you know, the best of the, you know, your top reel of the best thing. But usually those people are having their down moments and their dull moments, but they happen to go somewhere really cool one day and they post it about it. So yeah. That that's what they're doing all the time, but it's not. Or they sold heaps of artworks. But it's like that happened once and that doesn't usually happen and so they were celebrating it. But you think they sell heaps of artworks all the time. But mm. well, they probably don't. They just had a good week. So just chill. Yeah, um, and you don't know how they're feeling as well. Like you can yeah. post a photo of, you know, being at a waterfall. You don't actually know how, like, that person feels. Maybe they've just gone through and had a really shitty day and they're, they're feeling down but, you know, you still got that waterfall. Or they're absolutely euphoric and they're travelling and they're having fun. You have no background yeah. knowledge of what's been going on other than the fact that they've been to this place or they're with yeah. this person. That's all, all we, you're seeing we know. is like, mm. I want to do that. Why are they doing that? I want to do it. FOMO, man. The worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so prevalent. <laughs> definitely, definitely a huge thing that's that's happening at the moment. And it's so beautiful when you do kind of switch off because everything slows down. Like it's so much less hectic, less things going on. You're just so much more that's present. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. the internet and the phones, there's so much you can go down any route. Like it's yeah. so abundant for better or for worse. Again, you know, you can learn, you can be learning about, you know, travel and self discovery and, and art and all that stuff, but you can also get stuck in some pretty, some pretty bad ways. Yeah. You just got to try and keep it positive. Mm. Keep it positive, drown out the um, negative voice inside and, and just keep going for it. Well, that wraps up this week's podcast with Anna Price where we spoke about our Lego series, the beauty of slowing down, saying no, and the good and bad in technology. We also spoke about learning through trial and error and the tricky relationship with commissions. Anna's realizations has brought about great insight into being an artist and how hard, fun, and rewarding it is. 
So stay tuned if you want to hear from other artists about their own journey with creativity.